0: really stuck out to me this past week over after I've gone through most of Jimmy Mm. Buffett's catalog. What was that? To to listen to his albums and recognize the eras that he (laughs) has had. (laughs) Okay. I feel that. All right. Yeah. Because and and I think I was so shocked by one. I even sent it to you because Mm. Jimmy Buffett I think is one of those artists that is his own genre. You know
1: <laughs> that, yeah. James James Buffett is definitely his own sort of thing. Mm-hmm. He's got his own musical. No
0: man is an island, but Jimmy is Margaritaville. <laughs> Jimmy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder what kind of contract he had to make. You know, with whatever mm-hmm. deity to be able to to have that sort of power over but... people.
0: Yeah, but OK, so you listen to his music, even, you know, the the, the very famous stuff mm-hmm. and his ballads and you get sort of that um, that Gordon Lightfoot bordering maybe sometimes on Jackson Brown, you know, yeah. this acoustic guitar, piano, light electric guitar in the background, like that type of sound of roots rock. Right, right. It, you think about it with bands like that, artists like that. Um, and it seems almost like it's always been meant as a counterpoint to whatever Mm. the pop music of that time was like, you know, the seventies there's heavy metal and there's, you know, all of this, uh, and there's prog rock. And then you have all of these roots rock, folk rock people yeah, as like a yeah. counterpoint to it. And then in the same same thing in the 80s and in the 90s like mm-hmm. wh- whatever whatever the 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 mainstream uh sound is, there's always that um sort of easy listening counterpoint. Hmm. And yet, then I listen to <laughs> <laughs> um his 80s albums and, man, do
1: you hear the 80s in those songs. Oh, yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense, though, because everybody's using the same gear, and, like, mm-hmm. it all just sort of, I don't know, transposes over. Because, like, I, I don't, I've been reading into, like, what synth I'm going to buy next, and I always try to look at vintage gear, and then I realize I can't afford it. But, like, apparently everybody used, like, a Yamaha DX seven as like the right. synth sound besides like the Juno or the Jupiter and stuff by Roland. And until, but, until but, everybody gets sick of it though. But,
0: but, but picture this, Joe, yeah. you're in the coral reefer band. Sure. Cause that's the name of his band. Of course. It uh, is. <laughs> and you're like, and Jimmy's like, all right, it's the eighties. We need synth. We need. Yeah. Gated snare we need right give me that really instrument. heavy chorus on all of the guitar i mean it sounds good though, and it's like but jimmy jimmy this new sound <laughs> i thought <laughs> we happening? were just right we were just doing songs about you know being on the beach being on the water well you're on the water but with with synth
1: everything's digital we're in the future Oh, is man. that is that the new type of wave the sound wave? oh the synth wave the synth wave. did jimmy buffett ever make a synth wave album because that'd be pretty crazy uh, you know um y- okay well this
0: is okay so this is interesting and he actually <laughs> 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 one thing i've been rediscovering are these skits and rants that he does before <laughs> his songs <laughs>
1: Yes, it's <laughs> so weird. I did love you that.
0: listen to the one yeah. I sent from his live album, Feeding <laughs> Frenzy? Yeah, I did. It's crazy. Where he talks about we need to drop $5 bills on the Russians and then come back later with uh, Victoria's Secret catalogs.
1: I don't think I got that far. I listened to the opening. Oh, you it... didn't
0: listen to the whole thing. I he was know. talking about how we solve world peace. By
1: doing that? <laughs> yeah, I... It was, um, it was a different time it, was Joe. Different... it was the
0: cold war
1: yeah and apparently Jimmy Wait, wasn't had... the cold war that album was in the 90s uh, it just ended i guess what what <laughs> yeah. yeah oh my god it was like not it was maybe it was 1990 okay i mean it's wrapping yeah. up essentially yeah, yeah it's oh what was it either what about junior myths too he had the whole rant about that junior... that's
0: at the beginning of his album fruitcakes
1: right right um
0: Yes, and maybe one day we'll have to do a deep dissection of
1: that. We definitely do. We definitely do at some point because we could talk Mm -hmm. about this for hours. Obviously, um, yes. But... Well, you
0: know, you need to talk about things for hours when you're on an oceanic voyage, and mm-hmm. you might as well do it about the deep catalog of <laughs> Jimmy Buffett. Exactly. I mean, uh, it's but topical. The, the the thing I was going to mention was, um, in one of his in his live album, Feeding Frenzy, right? Uh, you know his his. Uh, <laughs> I think a good entry point, actually, if oh, you okay. would like to get a good cross section of his work. Mm. uh he does complain about that complain but he makes sort of a comment about how he's never won an award for any music, and I think <laughs> it remains to this day he's only ever won an award i think in country oh in, in the country huh. category for that might have been for um license to chill his all right his his most country album okay, I can see it that makes uh, sense yeah but but he's not like it's not like he gets like The recognition necessarily. He is, it's hard to think of him as fringe, but he does have a very specific audience, not unlike, (laughs) I think, synthwave people.
1: You know what? That is true. There is a correlation there. One could definitely write a paper about that, and it would probably be very interesting.
0: Maybe, maybe we could convince him you wouldn't say ride the synth wave because he's not really, it's not surf rock.
1: No, it's definitely not surf.
0: It's, 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 um, travel, travel the synth waves.
1: Travel the synth, mellow on the synth 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 waves on the beach. Oh, there you go. Yeah. But the synth waves, a drink and then it's got like a backing track behind it, but he still has the acoustic guitar showing up because it has to. Uh, What if it's a, it's
0: a, it's an illustration of a drink. But the ripples of the liquid inside are like a sine wave.
1: Oh, that or would be cool. Or sawtooth or something. Sawtooth might be too. It might be too aggressive. To, that, yeah, it to get too it's
0: getting. Whoa, it's getting pretty wild. Yeah, this is really, that...
1: Yeah, <laughs> taking it too far here. Let me ask you. Right. Let me. Let me say this though. I mm-hmm. could see a collab between Mac Demarco and Jimmy Buffett. That would be pretty awesome. I think it could happen, and he very totally
0: cool. would because he loves cheesy stuff. Didn't yeah. he do? <laughs> Mac DeMarco did that cover of the Hootie and the Blowfish song. Yeah, right? I'm
1: pretty sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. don't no, oh my god, no. That's a we gotta get that to that happen. Sounds, I think that's what's next for him. Honestly, him showing yeah. up in his Hawaiian shirt and being <laughs> like, "Jimmy, let's do this." I've got <laughs> Jimmy. I've locked my dibek in my basement. Yeah, uh it's time to record our. <laughs> Wait, does Mac DeMarco syn- have?
1: A, does Mac DeMarco have one too? Or are you thinking no, of Post I'm, Malone? No, I'm thinking of Post Malone. Post, I, Post Malone, Malone would also do it, has though. The Post Malone would also Post, do it, though. He would also yes. collab. So, yes. Okay. I'm into this. Um, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. He would become
1: Boat Malone. Boat Malone. Oh, my God. Leave my Boat Malone. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yes,
0: um. Sp- Speaking of oceanic voyages, I thought I'd keep us in this very... Mm. uh, While it's still summer, while it's still hot out. Oh, yeah. We would stay on the ocean for this next tour. Right. Um, But now we'd be properly traveling out of the Mediterranean and going a
1: bit south. Mm Mm-hmm. And... You know, we. It would be nice if we knew where we were going. It would be nice. Do you have those charts that we just conveniently uh, grabbed from the museum?
0: Well, I've got something better than all those charts. I got oh. something better than a GPS. What oh. if I told you? What if I told you hmm. I had a map of the entire known world, and it was so accurate that we had to make corrections to our own maps because of it. It's so what? accurate that it shows the shape of the Antarctic landmass underneath the ice. Oh,
1: is it so accurate that it has a uh, it has a Margaritaville located on there too?
0: It includes the locations of
1: <laughs> yes, does Margaritaville, it? Oh
0: my god! Wow, and it's from fifteen thirteen.
1: Oh, ancient Margaritavilles uh <laughs> no this is incredible well, though i mean i am i am
0: i unfortunately actually no there are no margarita bills uh. because it was made uh in the ottoman empire <laughs> mm. uh so they are not drinking alcohol
1: no it is a <laughs> that is that is definitely forbidden um yes but yeah no this sounds crazy i didn't even know we had this type of uh document chart mm-hmm. navigational tool mm-hmm. that we could use to sail in the open yeah. ocean.
0: Yeah, I really hope we uh, didn't rely too much and bank yeah. on it. We, we're really banking on it being as accurate <laughs> yeah. as it claims to be.
1: Right. Um,
0: but what we are talking about today is the Perry Race map, mm. uh, which, like I said, is a 1513 map. It was created by Amit Muhideen Piri, uh, who lived from 1465 to 1553. Uh so he is an Ottoman Turk. Uh, he uh, is uh, a navy guy, an explorer. He later in life gets the uh, title of race, which is uh, an equivalent to an admiral. Hmm. So to to say like Admiral Perry Race is uh, redundant.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah,
0: but but not not to be confused with Admiral Perry.
1: Mm, right.
0: Yes. Uh, Admiral Admiral Perry also thought he arrived at Japan, but (laughs) Mm. well, I guess I I guess he was right. Um, (laughs) Uh, fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing to note is that Perry, uh, is uh, while a you know very seasoned sailor and explorer, a lot of his stuff is in the Indian Ocean. Yes, and that's noteworthy because. He makes this map for the Sultan, mm-hmm. particularly as a gift for uh, Suleiman the Magnificent mm. and with, with his big old onion hat and everything. The, <laughs> the map is supposed to show all of the world, uh, the entire known world, drawing on all sorts of ancient sources, which Piri even right on the map i got all of this information (laughs) from all of these sources right sort of listing them uh this map uh disappears uh it it it, perry is sort of famous for other things you know like i said he was in the navy he was famously executed at the age of 90
1: whoa okay (laughs) wait why would they
0: why was he executed So it's kind of complicated. Oh, um, but basically, uh, Piri did not want to support the Ottoman governor of Basra. Mm. Uh, basically the, the, the governor accused him of disloyalty and abandoning his post. Piri, uh, sort of, his justification was, "Well, you didn't give me the proper support, so I cannot attend to this fleet without the the maintenance that I require." Okay. And so. <laughs> so they killed him. You know, he really, yeah. So he really sh- showed that ninety-year-old, yeah, uh, by
1: <laughs> speeding it up slightly, right? It's, yeah, geez, that's a yeah.
0: Also, being ninety in the fifteen hundreds,
1: yeah, I that's mean, insane. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, golden age of islam man it's pretty crazy
0: yeah yeah um i mean si- since then uh he has multiple statues and monuments uh the turkish navy have uh multiple ships and subs named after him hmm. he is a, a a pretty he's a a noteworthy turk gotcha
1: so it, yeah mm-hmm. okay if
0: you ought to know an ottoman you ought to know, Puri. Oh my
1: God, that's great! Wow, yeah, you ought to, <laughs> you ought to know. Wow, that yeah. Zank can really make so, a pun out of everything. This is incredible. I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a true talent. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah. this guy sounds. He sounds pretty legit. This is intense. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah and you know, this is on. This is a, a, an era where you know the Ottoman Empire is a, is really one of the world powers. Oh yeah. Uh at this time it's on the up and up. You have a a lot of trade, a lot of money coming in. Uh some uh relative stability, but there's still skirmishes uh kind of on on both sides of it. And one of the things that the the ottoman and sort of islamic golden age one thing that they are particularly skilled at is map making Mm. however it's kind of for different motivations than we might think of for uh european map making and map making elsewhere uh a lot of times because because at this time your concept of the world is kind of localized to where you are right um and a lot of uh islamic maps will center mecca and the purpose of this is that is so that no matter where you are in the world if you're a muslim you will know which direction to pray in because you're supposed to pray towards mecca right um i think this even kind of came up recently uh for uh muslim astronauts like which way would they pray hmm uh which is which is an interesting question if uh you know if we do like establish colonies on other planets, I guess it's an interesting, it's an interesting philosophical question
1: it's like a dune question, yeah that's interesting yeah like, it right I mean, feel
0: like I feel like that, that that has to be in dune somewhere that has yeah, to be in one of the books definitely, <laughs> <laughs> but Peary makes this map uh and it that's not really what is uh it what he's famous for he's more famous for his uh his prowess as an admiral as a sailor as an explorer and you know sort of fades into history as time goes on uh but then uh, a little thing happens in 19 uh 23 and 24 the ottoman empire falls Mm. yeah and uh as turkey sort of goes about the business of converting uh, their old palaces into museums in 1929, they start to work on the Topkapi palace in Istanbul. Hmm. And that is where they discover this map. Now at this point, this map only exists as a third of what presumably it would have originally shown, which would have been the, the whole world. Right. Uh, so this is 1929. You find a map that is dated 1513 and is determined to be authentic, you know, and we know the name of the guy. We know we know about his life mm. aside from, you know, the the map. Gotcha. you. know. We know. OK, it, it would be like, you know, finding the the notes of anyone that we know is a verified historical figure.
1: Right. 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 Um,
0: yeah, you know, you uh, you find a shopping list and it says uh, Emperor Chin. And you're like, all right, wow. well, we know who this is and we know who that is.
1: Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he probably wasn't doing his own.
1: Shopping. No, no, probably not.
0: Yeah, it was more of a to-do list. It was uh, the shopping list included a bunch of terracotta soldiers.
1: Yes, that was obviously up there. Of course, they needed all that clay.
0: <laughs> yes. So. What's curious about this map is it shows pretty accurately. um, And and again, this is 1513. Columbus has only uh, discovered America in 1492. So we're talking about 21 years apart. Mm. And here you have this map showing with pretty good detail uh, the coastline of uh, br- what is now Brazil. Right, yes. And what's even, what's even more impressive about it is it puts Brazil at a pretty accurate latitude with Africa, um, with, with West Africa,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is, is pretty impressive for the time. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, d- 20 years, they're, they're already <sighs> figuring this stuff out. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, really, it's really incredible uh, considering the level of technology at the time. More curious, though, is that it seems to show an enormous landmass south of South America Mm -hmm. or what we what we now recognize as South America. And there's a bunch of notes written here about how, you know, the the land is very difficult. Uh, There are giant snakes. The natives are hostile. Um there's ruins and all of this it, the the um the atmosphere is very hot
1: uh yeah. so
0: all things that you associate with antarctica
1: well uh <laughs> i like i usually think of penguins but sure i guess it's hot and arid and there's large snakes that kill people yeah uh yeah
0: the yeah the the antarctic research teams they really have to watch out for those those, gigantic snakes right
1: the non-bear snakes yes Mm
0: -hmm. yes (laughs) there's even a a mention here about the blob whoa
1: (laughs) oh my god
0: (laughs) no there's no there's no uh reference to the blob
1: dang um really really lacking on that and margaritaville's unfortunately oh wait
0: i messed up it's the thing
1: right is it? It's yeah. I mean, is now we're just saying that, stuff. I the, don't even know. Is it the thing that they discover? No, it's the other. It's the other thing. It's the you know that. It's the other thing. It's they. They, it's the they discovered. Yeah, it's the thing. <laughs> uh, they discovered David Cronenberg. Right. Uh, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> under the ice <laughs> explains a lot. Um, yes, but yeah, I believe it is the thing. I think yeah, I'm no, it is. It's my, the thing. My
0: my. uh by forced assimilation, assimilation metaphors. No worries, no worries.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw that in the I saw that remake in the movies, and I only remember oh. it because when I went to go see it, so a couple brought in a literal infant to watch it with them, and people were like, "What? Y- yes, yes." In the in the chair thing and everything, like walk walked the baby in, and people were just like seriously like out loud just like really dude what what is wrong with you (laughs) and uh yeah it was an experience that's for sure Mm -hmm. anyways um yeah this is i don't necessarily associate hot and well maybe dangerous but not like snake level dangerous with uh antarctica so this is definitely interesting
0: yeah so we have to consider a couple of things like and i i think i think what they were uh, you know, sort of looking at it at the time, the historians that were yet had examined it, they were like, Oh, this is interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. It looks like, you know, based on the writings that he had, he was able to get a pretty accurate depiction of the uh sort of northeast coast of South America. But, you know, this kind of the rest was was filled in with guesswork and this would have been part of a larger map of the world and presumably stuff that would have been more relevant to them would have been filled in with greater detail
1: i also know too at the time right that map making like the way that land masses were depicted also was different depending on what nation was doing it right so like in the case of the ottoman empire in a lot of cases they would emphasize certain land masses more than others depending on what that's you know um, what that's right, describing exactly like a hierarchical stance essentially yeah. and, you know I, I know we see that in medieval maps as well
0: certainly there's a um a a map that kind of went viral uh in the old days of tumblr i guess it wasn't that old because there were fidget spinners it just feels eh, like it's pretty old that now. feels like forever ago it does yeah but there was a there was a German map getting passed oh. around that showed the Earth shaped like a fidget spinner, or the, the <laughs> Europe, Africa, and Asia basically <laughs> as these three clover leaves around gotcha. Jerusalem.
1: Oh, okay. and the
0: the idea just being that this is a map that shows Jerusalem as the center of the world. Right. No one actually thought the world looked like this. But this was how those people uh, presumably like a a more philosophical map, because one thing to note about this type of map is even though it does show sailing routes, this is not the type of map that would be of any use to you while sailing. This was a map that was supposed to show you. A specific culture's view of the world and how they right. saw themselves in it.
1: Right. Cause I believe there's not even like longitude and lad- latitude yet, right? So it's not even on no, the they, map. well so. they,
0: they wouldn't have had that really. That yeah. that wouldn't have been it uh, doesn't exist relevant yet. to them. Yeah. Yeah, because also this is before time zones.
1: Right. Yeah. But before so. that's a
0: con before that's a concept.
1: Right, know? right, right. Yeah. So it's it's definitely dated in that way, it seems. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, I feel like this is going to lead to some wild theories. Oh, yes it does. <laughs> oh so, no. So
0: what's happened really since then is you know, basically this was a known quantity to historians. It was sort of a it was sort of a footnote. They're like, "Oh yeah, that's a little weird, but" Sure. you know, otherwise it's nothing that can't be explained away. Right. However, in the in the mid-century, particularly in the '60s, as yep. uh, you know, there was a renewed sort of interest in alternative histories. Uh, a lot of revamped countercultural things going on. A couple different pseudo historians <laughs> got their hands on this idea yeah. and really promoted this concept that the landmass that is depicted underneath South America, is actually an ice-free Antarctic coastline. And this would be incredibly significant because uh, Antarctica would not have been known to uh, people in Europe or the Ottoman Empire until 1820 Mm -hmm. uh, when it was discovered, which is kind of crazy to think about, like, is it weird to think about hot dogs are older than our knowledge of Antarctica?
1: Uh, that is kinda wild, actually. Right? Huh. Like think of
0: all the think of all the things that existed in
1: 1819. Right. Oh my god. You know? Wow. That is that's actually really crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. we didn't know about Antarctica. No, no, never knew. Yeah. I mean it's kinda yeah. out of the way. There's really no yeah. there's really no reason to go there. Exactly.
0: So, I think I think all peoples that lived really, really far south had some knowledge of it. But again, there's absolutely no reason to go there.
1: Right. They were like, hey, don't don't go there. It's just ice. And yeah, we can't. There's nothing there. It's just cold. So, makes yeah. Sense.
0: Yeah. And so there there's there's a couple of things uh, that. Also, sort of fall out of this is because the you, you can kind of warp this map and try to make it fit to Antarctica and be like, "Ah, that doesn't really fit but so then the leap was, oh it's Antarctica without the ice sheet, which we've known about uh, we, we first sort of found uh, with ground penetrating radar in the early 20th century. Mm-hmm uh and so people could kind of squint at that and say okay uh, and i mean pseudo historians are squinting at this and saying ah this is the the hidden coastline of antarctica which is why it doesn't look like what we know antarctica to look like but joe i hear you mm. i i hear you saying zan uh but antarctica has been covered in ice for the last 30 to 40 million years yeah exactly yeah, how would humans know about this? How,
1: how would they know? I, I, don't, I don't know.
0: What if it was an unnamed, mysterious, ancient civilization that, <sighs> uh, <laughs> that brought the technology of boats and pyramid building to both the Americas and ancient
1: Egypt? Would be awfully convenient, that's for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. of course it goes this way. It always goes this way. Ugh. Yes.
0: Yeah. And this is something that, uh, a man named Graham Hancock, mm. a, he has really yeah. championed this idea. There's been others. Graham Hancock is still alive and still shows up on Joe Rogan, you know? Right. But there's, there, there's are there's footage of him, you know, talking about this decades ago. Uh, and he's had multiple books on it. I couldn't get through his Joe Rogan interview when I was doing the research for this because mm. he spends the first uh five minutes talking about the special edition of his new book uh, that you can only get from Barnes
1: & Noble. Right. Wow, wow, he's got an exclusive. That's wild. <laughs>
0: yeah, and he's like, oh, and I threw an extra chapter in there for the Barnes & Noble exclusive. Oh my God, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> So okay, so you just made up. Yeah, whether... he just he
1: just added words. It's not even like it's oh my god, this is insane. Yeah, it's so yeah. funny
0: him also he he uh, he also just peppers in. He's like, I also write fiction. Oh. I was like, Oh, really? Oh, you do. This is it's... this is the nonfiction? This is the...
1: <laughs> he's a real L. Ron Hubbard. Right, you know? exactly. He's got a he's it's all a ruse in that way. It makes it look better. Yeah. Um Oh my god. Yeah,
0: I And and he's one of these people that really really talks up how accurate this map is.
1: But it's like and but...
0: it's without without diminishing the incredible accomplishment that this map is. It's not like it's, it's not that good. That accurate. It's not that good. Look at
1: the island to the like northwest of the map. It doesn't what is that? It doesn't look like so, anything. I I know Yeah. I mean, I know this, it's 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 like because it it it's one could argue it's a you know a weird version of like the caribbean or cuba mm-hmm. but and i've also heard that it's potentially like an interpretation of japan if they think that this is the east yeah which well, makes well, sense but yeah uh, so so
0: what this so this map fits really nicely into a lot of conspiracy theory because um in in the the notes that right Peary wrote, he says he consulted all of these ancient sources, and uh, yeah. So people sort of take him at his word, not sort of. We'll, we'll get into this in a moment. Uh, what he might have been looking at and what the stylistic conventions of the time would have been, but you know, he's making this for the Sultan
1: and wants right. to make
0: it sound like it has pulled from all of the possible sources that there are that all of the, that the work was completely exhaustive yeah to get all of this and of course this being uh, the 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 1500s there is huge reverence in Europe and in the Ottoman Empire for uh, ancient classical texts mm mm-hmm um so the th- this this would have been it, it would have been something like saying i got this right from the source
1: right you know? right
0: the 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 ancient peoples that that studied and and laid the foundations for all of our uh science and technology you know so so the people sort of take it as as gospel then that ah so this is this would have been super accurate. So he he wouldn't have gotten anything wrong. It and and also he alludes that he got it from the ancients. And where did the ancients get it from? So this fits really nicely into this idea that there was this whole super advanced ancient civilization that knew about all of these land masses that traveled the world, that shared technology and information with these ancient peoples on different continents and then one day just disappeared so as you can imagine this fits really well into the theories of uh atlantis uh people still try to tie the lemurians into this even though you know (laughs) this is a post uh you know tectonic plates world if you're in the 1960s like right that Lemuria should be disproven at this point, but people still cling to it. But the other thing, because this involves Antarctica, this also gets tied in with the Hyperboreans.
1: Of course. Yeah. 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 I was going to bring that up. So
0: all of these ancient conspiratorial civilizations that would have had super advanced technology, uh, that just uh, disappeared, and there's all these murmurings of it hidden throughout uh, ancient texts. And this is something that you and I have talked about before as well. Is it's not that there, there, there most definitely were civilizations that came and went and didn't either didn't leave a record of themselves, or the record was swallowed by the elements and whatever cultures came after them. Yeah.
1: No, it's like that is is, is a
0: totally reasonable thing. And any reasonable historian could acknowledge that in almost any place on earth. For sure. Yeah. Even the people that claim to be the original people of that place, there very likely could have been a culture that existed before that. And eventually, you know, it either the culture changed or there was an influx of new people moving into the area. That's the story of history is, is right. people moving. Exactly. And, and cultures coming and going, but, but this is so tantalizing because yeah. you have this period of time where North and South America are brand new information to the old world cultures and that, uh, you're, and, and that you sort, you sort of have this thing. It's like, Oh, well, they couldn't have known about Antarctica. Um, right. and if so, so let's. Let's I, I feel like do you feel like we've laid out like what the I, what the mystique of this map is? Yeah. I think start so. we can now start to pick it
1: apart a little bit. I think so. I think that's the biggest catch that Like the biggest thing there is that it it shows a landmass looking at it, Antarctica and that seems to, and and that the coastline of Brazil is kind of pretty accurate, but that's like it. Yeah. That's literally it if we really mm-hmm. get into it. But I think we could start kind of tearing it apart. But not, but not literally, because we can't. can't Right, right. No, it's a priceless artifact. Yeah, are you are you crazy? Uh, No, that's why I said not to rip it apart.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) let's talk a little bit about those sources. So Peary, in addition to citing some Portuguese explorers, um, and you know, the, the Ottomans didn't really have this impulse to travel west the way that the European explorers did. The Ottomans had this huge empire. Europe was coming out of the middle ages and you know hadn't really started the the colonial projects just yet. Mm-hmm. And this this was this was sort of the the impulse to grow an empire that you're seeing come off of that continent whereas right. the Ottoman Empire kind of already has its empire and colonies set Yeah, up. they
1: they did it already. So they're, they're Yeah, playing. yeah, for better or for, for worse th- they yeah, did. It yeah, already. yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So he's drawing from a lot of uh, European sources for this because, you know, the, the knowledge kind of ends, the Ottoman knowledge kind of ends with North Africa,
1: um, right. where, where
0: their territory is. So he refers often
1: to the Portuguese uh infidels that yeah. have <laughs> I like that that's written in there. It's great. Yeah. It's like <laughs> we have to make sure yeah. that that's acknowledged. Those um, those
0: infidels that love their loud uh electronic dance music. Yeah. They stay up way too late.
1: Oh man.
0: <laughs> um But uh, he also says he is referencing the ancients, Alexander the Great. Yeah. So we can also infer that by citing classical sources, he is referencing Ptolemy Mm -hmm. and the other uh, ancient Greek uh, cartographers uh, as he puts together this map. And that'll be relevant in a moment. But I want to talk about his other... His other source, the man himself, Columbo. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck boy, Chris himself. Oh, God. Yeah. The worst. Christopher Llamafucker Columbus mm. um, uh, is cited as a source. And not only that, Peary says that he has a map. He is working off a map attributed to Columbus. Now this is really incredible because we have none of Columbus's maps. None of them survive
1: Hmm. uh,
0: today. So if this were an actual copy, this would kind of even go back to what we were talking about last week. This is all we really have. If this is indeed a copy, and Peary wasn't just blowing smoke,
1: right? Right. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Right. We'll never know because he's. You know. That's yeah. Yeah.
0: We are 1500s. You are starting to take. People's word you have to kinda of take people's word for it. I sometimes.
1: mean you kinda wonder though, I don't I don't want to project too far back into like, history Like where did she but, get it from? Well it's that's not like Columbus. Well, that's my it's question. Not like Columbus is going to Turkey. Well, exactly. So it it, it could it could have been a fake or it could just be not mm. real. It, what, it, part of me I don't mm-hmm. I again I don't want to project too far back, but it would be kinda funny and kinda bad in a way well, maybe not maybe more funny because of like people taking this map very seriously. If, like, he kind of was just winging a lot of the source material, like he was doing the Mm -hmm. late-at-night project and was just on, like... The ancient times, or not ancient, the 1500s version of Wikipedia, like finding <laughs> all of these sources it was like that's close right. enough. Let's put it in. There. Right, I, you're trying
0: to find things. like to filling your it.
1: bibliography. Well, I mean, I think a, I think he kind of was a little bit, not in a bad way, but like it's very clear that he wants all the this sources is for shown. Yeah, he needs to know that he put all the effort in to get an A. Obviously. Yeah. No, I don't you know, want. I don't want to make you it you sound know, like if that. If only but. he
0: put all the effort in later in life and didn't have to get beheaded at nine. Yeah.
1: I mean, what a way to go, yeah. honestly, but. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but that that wasn't Solomon's fault.
1: No, uh, Sol- no, that was the other yeah. guy.
0: Yeah. So, anyways, uh yes, but one interesting thing is it's speculated that this is not Columbus's map from his first voyage.
1: Oh. This
0: was Columbus's map from his second voyage.
1: Mm, okay.
0: Um, now What's why this is sort of speculated is, is because one, we have more, the the map seems to be more focused on that Brazilian coastline. Um, but as it goes South and you have these descriptions of, you know, really impenetrable land, there's natives there, there's giant snakes. It sounds more like this is sort of, you're getting into the Southern part of South America, uh, you're, you know, r- right about at the bottom of the Amazon rainforest, yeah, and it's... that really this bump that you're seeing is that that bump uh, at the most southern part of Brazil that then turns into Uruguay,
1: mm. like that.
0: That's that is that bump that you're seeing down there, and gotcha. what th- there's could be a couple of things happening here. One. Um, this could be an issue with how the, uh, initial map was recorded. Uh, it is said that Columbus and some of these other explorers, because it was navigation was so difficult back then. Like it really was a, a, a grueling process,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um, with the technology that they had at the time it is possible quite a bit of this information and these coastlines were retrieved with what's called Dead Reckoning.
1: Oh, that's a um, heck of a
0: name. Yes. Uh, have, you, have you ever heard of Dead Reckoning?
1: I have not.
0: So Dead Reckoning, it's still kind of used today, uh, but th- the main idea is I know where I am right now. And then I walk one mile. And I have to estimate, in, rather than taking a new reading where I am, I have to sort of interpret where I am based only on the knowledge that I knew where I was one mile ago. And I knew how fast uh. I was going. And so this could account for the, the, the lack of accuracy as the map trails away from the equator.
1: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. This makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: So so it could it could be partially that. I've done some dead reckoning underwater before, which is pretty trippy. It was it was part of scuba training oh. where you had to um using just your watch and a compass, you had to swim a rectangle underwater. And, and you know, there's not really landmarks because you're just in ocean. Um, right. And you have to, (laughs) it was kind of freaky now that I think about it. I was a little freaky back then, but you have to trust your compass and your, and your watch. You're like, okay, I'm going to swim this direction, uh, for, you know, for 60 seconds, then I'm going to swim, then I'm going to, you know, turn my compass, uh, 90 degrees. I'm going to swim that way. Then I'm going to, you know, turn 90 degrees another, and then you if you've done everything correctly, you end up back where you started. Mm. Uh, so it, it is possible to do, but you know, I was, you know, I I had a compass and a watch, right? Um, yeah, it, but but it it could be done, and it was how things were mapped back then. Okay, yeah. So sure. that is partially it. The other thing that could be happening with these with these uh the the sort of skewed thing is he's this, this map is not meant to be a straight up and down projection that we would expect from a map today. Right. Um, showing true direction. I mean, cause people give the Mercator projection a lot of crap for how badly it distorts land masses. Mm. But the whole purpose of Mercator projection is that it shows true direction that that is it's used to cartography.
1: Gotcha, um, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, because,
0: that, that is, yeah, that is its, its application. It, so even a super distorted map like that has a purpose.
1: Right, um, right.
0: So this map is, you know, not basing things on necessarily, doesn't necessarily have to be basing things on cardinal direction perfectly because, one, it would have never been used for actual navigation, and, two, it's meant to be presented to a sultan and to give an idea of the world.
1: Mm, um, okay.
0: Now, so that tackles one source. Now let's talk about the ancient sources. Now, if Piri was drawing from ancient Greek cartographers and classical cartographers in general, we have to think a little bit about how they're, just like for for Perry Reese, uh, the the ancient... Uh, Hellenistic civilizations would have had sort of their own aesthetic goals in how they depicted the earth. And one of those things was, they knew about all of these landmasses that existed towards the north, you know, Mm -hmm. they knew about the European landmass, they knew of Africa, they knew of uh, Asia, you know, they and and there was an understanding in the ancient world that asia was enormous mm. um, Right, um but right. you know they 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 would have been aware of it and especially because of alexander the great you know uh going into persia getting into india like or what what is now india the, the there was there was an understanding of the asian continent but also remember the greeks knew the earth was round and they right. also to pretty good accuracy knew about how big the world was. And so you're like, okay, there's all these land masses in the Northern hemisphere. And then there just seems to be ocean on either side. And they thought it didn't look quite right. They Hmm. felt that for the earth to be balanced, balanced, I guess it, it could mean a couple of different things here that there ought to be, an enormous southern landmass. Like, it ought to exist. So this is kind of one of those, you know, broken clock theorem type things where they were right. There were southern landmasses, just not how they were envisioning them. And I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of irrelevant whether or not they're right. Sure. So they just drew their maps with these enormous land uh con- just sort of made up continents that they just felt <laughs> should be there you know these, right these terra nullis Australis. i mean this is what australia is named for
1: oh i didn't know that
0: yeah huh yeah i mean a- a- australia is literally the-, the southern land
1: oh well there you go huh yeah. i mean i kind of just vision. it's like on the map you have this like kind of like outlined in land form with a question mark you know it's like the unmapped <laughs> territory uh,
0: yeah uh, that it's we'll we'll get to that later <laughs> yeah uh oh man it, it's sort of mad libs with continents
1: right yeah exactly mm-hmm. it's the, the the map is shaded in because you have to discover it as you travel there like in a video game um, uh yes, yeah that's how they, yes. that's how they can keep it under under wraps but mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see where this is starting to make some influence on the on this map here. Though. Yeah,
0: so this is a long way of saying basically that even if he was getting it from the most respected classical sources, those classical right. sources would have been filling in these these the space on the map with these land masses. Yeah. Um and you know, if you're like you don't know what the globe looks like. You know, we're so used to what the globe looks like now because we live in an era of GPS and satellite photos of the earth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and we've had pretty accurate uh, maps of the world for, you know, pretty much a century at this point. Yeah, Um,
1: exactly.
0: so, So, we we're very used to the 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 sizes and the relationships uh the the spatial relationships of all of those things um and you know there's there there just is more landmass right in the north of the of the earth that's where the vast majority of the human beings live. That's where the, that's where most of the land mass is, mm-hmm. um, is, is in the Northern hemisphere. So there was the, 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 the idea that the bottom half was empty, w- would have been a strange thought to them?
1: Mm. Um,
0: but it, you know, it does turn out that there's actually, you know, even though there are people living in the Southern hemisphere, <laughs> Uh, right. There is also a lot of emptiness in the southern hemisphere um, yeah in terms of ocean and just just a lack of land masses
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, so basically this this is saying that you've got this this twofold problem with your sources one that you know there there's a there's slight inaccuracies that that are compiling, and then you also have a a, a different tradition from what we know now uh, right. for, for how we depict the earth. Uh, yeah. going on. So yeah. it could be Piri tr- just trying to make an aesthetically pleasing looking earth or just making it fit That's... this, this idea. Hmm. What we also have to remember is um, there was still some debate about the exact size of the earth. Right, uh, people had kind of estimated small, so even though ancient peoples were pretty accurate, they had they were small, they had underestimated the size of the earth, and a lot of people, Columbus included, overestimated the size of Asia, so mm. at this point, there still is some idea that this is uh this is like some continuation of the Indies like. If you keep following this Brazilian coast up, you're going to uh, hit China and Japan.
1: So, uh, okay, yes. So
0: this is where this is where this whole theory of this being of an accurate map of uh, the Americas completely falls, falls apart. When right. you mentioned it earlier, there is notation on the map. Making reference to uh, the, the strange island as you go up, possibly being Japan now there it is there, yeah, yes mm. and and it is like that's probably Japan um, right on the map, like that's written there uh, and and all of these other things that we have names for, like we know the things on the map, and the the, the idea that this is showing a, a lost continent is com- is completely is completely right. wrong. Because there's it, there there's some idea you can make it's like maybe yeah, maybe it's Cuba, but also there's islands there that are shown twice mm. on this map. Uh and this actually could be because you're seeing Piri look at multiple sources. Uh oh. and Yes. So one source is saying there is an island at this and this uh, location. And then another source says, well, there's a island at this and this location.
1: Oh, my God. But
0: the locations were wrong. And it's actually the same island twice. Oh, my God. Okay, it's this is like this is like the John Green book uh, Paper Towns. Like Mm. the you're you can see where he's getting the sources from
1: because of the the errors right you know? that makes sense oh my god yeah so this is very much falling apart um yes. and because it's, it does feel like like kind of that like combination of sources because i mean at the time because it does match up with the discovery of brazil you know by pedro yeah. um alvarez cabral where you know, you're getting that accurate reading and it seems like that since that's the 1500, like literally 1500, then you're getting this map a little bit after. So it it explains why you're getting that coastline and the coastline of, you know, Africa, but then toward the Northwest, it falls apart and becomes like all these multiple different islands. And, you know, I've also heard too, that there's the possibility that even where, what people are thinking is Antarctica is really just South America bent into the map to aesthetically fit you know the yeah, corners which exactly. starts to make a lot more sense even if we were to yeah, cater well, to that, it you know
0: that that's that's what I'm that's what I was saying earlier too yeah. like that bump that you see I'm I'm almost certain I that's think has gotta be that yeah. that's gotta be Uruguay
1: I think so yeah and but because I think I think the problem here is that this is very exciting finding evidence of basically the western part of the world yeah that the the Western Hemisphere, I guess, you know, this early and wanting to make it something bigger than it is. And I think it's also because we are so accustomed to seeing everything on the globe now Mm -hmm. that it's cool being able to see it from the past. And and maybe there's some evidence of something else that we missed. But I think ultimately, when you look at the facts here and we look at this evidence and we start making a case for it, it falls apart because everything has an explanation to it now
0: Yeah. and yeah. as
1: exciting as it might be mm-hmm. that that's actually Antarctica or that's actually North America, but described differently, or this is actually a different continent and all, you know, together. If we buy into the, our own, or, you know, this, this idea that doesn't really have mm-hmm. any basis other than like, trust me, bro. Or like, I want it to be true. So it must be. Right. Then, then there's really no factual basis for anything. And that's a problem. So I think, I think it disconnects yeah. us from reality a little bit, even though it's more exciting to a certain extent. So I think that's always- Certainly,
0: but, but you can see how easily this fits into a a narrative of that, that hidden history. It fits in so easily. Yeah. And you're right, you know, we live in a world where a lot of stuff has been pretty well documented and pretty well tread at this point. And this, you know, makes this exciting, this idea that there's this whole uh, hidden history. One thing that I uh, recently learned that I realized like I had even like unknowingly sort of gone along with some conspiratorial thought Hmm. uh, was uh, like, have you ever heard people say that uh, the Bible was edited at the Council of Nicaea?
1: I feel like I've heard, when is that? Because I think so. I've heard, That's in uh,
0: 325,
1: AD. Oh, yeah, the whole thing about like that there's like the branch of Christianity that was changed like 300 years in or whatever. Is it this? Yeah. Okay, then yeah, I've heard this. Yes. And I, yeah, and I also so- bought into it a bit.
0: Right. Well, one, there, there's a there's a biblical scholar that I follow on uh, on TikTok. He's he's very mm. knowledgeable and very interesting. But one of the things that he has has done a series on is uh, the the idea that the Bible was edited, uh, particularly at this point in history, is a conspiracy theory. Uh, sort of a, a really actually propagated by Voltaire. Oh okay like, centuries later uh as you know a way to kind of one uh demonize catholics uh, uh I'll do it uh but also um it 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 plays into this idea that the that Rome intruded into christianity and corrupted it and they're hiding the true nature of the history of the world and the true nature oh, of Christianity. Yeah, yeah. And this extends to people today taking, I think to some, to some extent, this is even like people that take the story of Lilith.
1: Oh my God. It's the like she really, code. Yeah. yeah. The,
0: well, exactly. That, that type of stuff. Yeah. That type I know. of stuff where they're like, well, you know, in the original version of the Bible, before the church edited it, you oh know, because they didn't want you to know the truth. Eve was actually in love with a reptilian. Ah, there it is. You know. Yep. Yeah. No, like that. That type of stuff. And I think it's it's kind of interesting. It's like it all kind of goes. I I didn't. I had sort of always just assumed that because you you hear all of these things about these old, uh, corrupt figures in Christianity, consolidating power and stuff. Right. So you just assume that, that stuff is true as well. And then really it's just people being like, eh, we don't really jive with this book of the Bible. We're just not going to do it. We're just right. not going to read it anymore.
1: Right. And, and that
0: that, and that it's a much more organic, uh, thing going on, of uh, just sort of tastes of the time period.
1: Yeah. yeah Yeah, i mean i mean if
0: if anyone edited the bible it's king james but i mean that was mainly a translation error
1: i mean yes and also just people today interpreting it completely wrong but you know whatever i uh, i mean it's it's such a bizarre thing what what people get kind of worked up on in this in that Mm -hmm. situation because ultimately none of it really matters if it was edited or not because uh you know right, like yeah, it's not historically it, it's, accurate it, so it doesn't matter yeah yeah it's it's, just... it's, it's a work of epic poetry yeah. that
0: we're using to decide whether or not uh, <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs>
0: whether or not uh people have rights to uh yeah. reproductive health
1: yeah yeah it's insane <laughs> but it, 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 but that's the thing it's like it, and i think it's it's again it fits into this like grand story narrative i mean conspiracy theories in that way are always just so Uh, It's like it sucks because I think I think to a certain extent this is something I'm like struggling with, but I think it is Mm -hmm. important to like sometimes have sympathy for people who get caught up in this stuff to sort of try to work it out. But it's so difficult because then you're also just like I can only take so much of this, and I think you know as as you know the two of us liking history, liking scholarship, Mm -hmm. wanting to know the truth and finding some sort of objective truth while also shifting as science and history learns new things. It's, it's it's frustrating because you don't want to close doors to things by saying no. We are certain that this doesn't happen, but we kind of have to in today's age because there's just certain things that put us backwards. Like to believe. Well,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I I love the idea of like I love abstractly thinking about the truth. Like Mm. I know that I'm sitting in a chair, but is Is how do I? Is it a chair? Like. I love thinking about like stuff like that. Yeah. But I don't want to be lumped in with people that like want reality to be uh, subjective or that yeah,
1: Jesus, you know, yeah, it's because
0: these, these are, these are people that then turn around and, you know, don't want evolution taught in schools uh, yeah, I know. or, it, makes sense.
1: you it's... know, it, it it's, it's
0: it's kind of disheartening. And Graham Hancock is still out there promoting this stuff.
1: Yeah, and, and people believe it. And that's the And, scary and he you know, part. he's he has he had a TED talk. Oh my god, I cannot believe they platformed that. He he just but he
0: he, he talks he, he's he's a really good public speaker. He's got a you know, know. very light, charming British accent. He sounds <laughs> smart.
1: I mean, that's all it takes sometimes. That's the thing. It's just, like, you have a wild theory, and you just... I, I And I think you have to sort of believe... Maybe he does truly believe it, and I think you might have to in order to, like, get this far with things, but it, it's just... People will believe things like that because it's just more interesting. You know, it, it is more... You know, what if he's right? You know, what if it is actually uh antarctica was was an, a continent where people were there and like to be fair to appease this you know middle ground let's say like we were talking about it's possible that there might have been at one point people there at some point that we will never know because we can't find artifacts or anything yet but like it doesn't really matter you know what i mean i think the problem that tends yeah, to happen but,
0: but also and i mean i doubt also, it also because th- th- of scientifically there but there, it's, there was ice there, there- for the entire yeah. time that the well, because isn't for, it? For the entire span of time that humanity has existed, right. the, yeah. the entire amount of time that our species has been on this Earth, right? Antarctica has been locked in ice. ice. Yeah, There's, not easy there, to live There in. has not been a point in human history that we know of.
1: Uh, we know, yeah. Well, I that, doubt. I mean, to that be fair, Antarctica was
0: covered it. in forests and no, was no, no, hot no, no, no. Like the the way that it is depicted here and the way it is described. No, absolutely. This is this is not Antarctica. Not. This is a bent South America.
1: Uh, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And and no, not to even buy into the idea. I, I was I was imagining that it's possible people made it there with ice. I, I just doubt it. But I, yeah. I, not no no forests. No yeah, no deserts. No snakes. But I think yeah exactly. Like I think because it's interesting to to be open to the idea of we don't know, so we can't assume. Right? Because that could be dangerous, too. Then you could fall into atheist ideology, which is also problematic, and people don't... I mean, yes, organized religion sometimes bad, most times bad, but at the same time, it's like, I don't think we have to be like, abandon everything for this logic we've designed. I think that that can be a bit um, problematic going forward in certain cases, but... I think, again, it's this thing with objective truth, right? We need something to kind of baseline us so we can go forward and not backwards and yeah. and make anything possible. Like, the whole idea of the subjective reality is problematic as well because it's what people do to excuse their actions. Well, I live in a uh-huh. different reality than you, so therefore I'm right. And it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You can't just say you're right and then you're right. It's 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 crazy. Right. And unfortunately, and, and yeah. with history and with the idea of these kind of fantastical views of the world and in many cases this like epic that we want to be true or i shouldn't even say we that people some people want to be true right (laughs) because i certainly do not i think i think i think it's i think there's something pleasant in the mundaneness of history in many cases i Mm -hmm. think it's comforting Mm -hmm. to know that it's very possible that like as there, there were crazy events happening, but there's also people still like making bread or doing basic chores or, you know, whatever. Like these sort of commonalities that happen, but also differences. But I, yeah. I just don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think without just kind of monologuing into nothingness, mm-hmm. I, I think that type of logic that you know, um, you know, your Graham Hancock's of the world are using. I, I think is is not. Yeah. It's not a good way going forward because all it is doing is pushing us backwards and into just disarray. I mean, it's 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 flat Earth right. all over again.
0: Well, I mean, it's interesting you bring up the flat Earth. Do you think? Okay, <laughs> uh, off, off the top of your head, do yeah. you think they they like this map or they don't like this
1: map? Oh, uh, mm, tricky. I don't know. I mean. They're they're wow, divided. They're on pro- it. This is this map is very. Wait, divisive. are they really? Like actually? <laughs> well, because it does. Well,
0: it does one thing for them that they do want, which is wrap around Antarctica.
1: Right. I guess that uh, makes sense.
0: But it doesn't. There's no ice wall.
1: Oh yeah, no ice wall. No no edge of the boundary. Hmm. Yeah, can't have it. It's mm-hmm. like I think I think flat earthers and. um we live in a simulation conspiracy theorists are some of my least favorite. But also some of the just weirdest ones. Maybe not the weirdest, but they're definitely like, it's mm. frustrating because it's easy to kind of like, just pull up, you know, like take them to space. Just be like, here you go. There's the yeah. earth, it's round. What is round? I, I like, uh, you know,
0: I'm just, I we do live in a society. We do. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know. there's, why why can't I just entertain my conspiracy theories that Robin Williams based Mrs. Doubtfire off the lady from Geritol Follies?
1: Mm, okay. You know? Yeah.
0: You know, like I just not not that I want to distract myself from what's going on in the world, but <laughs> there there's there's just so much wacky stuff out there. Yeah. And you know, and I hope because this is something that isn't here's what we can kind of maybe put a uh, you know a, to 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 surmise this and to sort of justify our you know past hour of talking about it along with jimmy <laughs> buffett right of course um i i hope that we can add to the conversation mm. out there of you know how to approach this rationally and not get swept up in it. You know, my my greatest hope is that someone hears this, knows what the Puri race map is, and knows that it is an example of astounding, uh, you know, discovery. Because, yeah, you know, d- despite the fact that, you know, all of the people involved in this were not necessarily good people by our standards today, they did... Insanely difficult things. Yeah, and true. Were in a way very brave people.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, that's fair.
0: And this is an amazing accomplishment of of people at their time at their level of technology, and that's worth recognition. And we just like you know their, uh, the the collective. European and Ottoman view on slavery. Uh yeah. we we can be like, you know what? They got a couple of things wrong. They they still <laughs> they <laughs> they 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 misshaped
1: South America. Right. And they they might have enslaved some people. Might have enslaved, yeah, not great. Yeah, Definitely did. So, uh, yeah. so
0: they, they they might have misshapen South America. Um <laughs> so I think that is the recognition. My hope is that because not a lot of people hear about this map, it's not really, it's a conspiracy theory that I came across when I was pretty young. It was in my, uh, this coffee table book I had. It was actually the first time I heard about Mothman too. I had this big book called a hundred strangest mysteries. And I think I, I I attribute a lot of that to uh, (laughs) my, my early cryptid and mystery knowledge.
1: Okay. Um, Fair enough.
0: Yeah. But this was in it as as a mystery, and it was it, it piqued my interest a little bit. But I I found it a little frustrating as a kid, like to try and understand. And I think as an adult, you just learn, oh, it's it's perfectly explainable. Yeah. Thing. My hope is that if someone tries to charm you,
1: yeah, to, to
0: their side by whipping out this historical artifact that you might not recognize at first. You can yeah. you have some counterpoints.
1: Yeah, you to heard, it. you heard it all here from the UCM, you know, and you can say actually there's this you know really great museum that it breaks this whole thing down, and you should give it a listen. But uh, no, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. you <laughs> but, should you should totally you should totally uh, yeah like check and out. subscribe exactly. You exactly. should uh, you uh,
0: should really check out the Leatherman.
1: Check out the Leatherman. Yeah, a, a kind of a harmless one. If we're I mean, <laughs> yeah, even yeah. Bigfoot, even Bigfoot. <laughs> I think it's a phenomena that offers, a it's like the nice distraction without getting weird with it or racist or you, you know, can bad. get we- y'all, You can't. You can I get guess weird true. with Bigfoot. Really? Uh, quick. Uh, fine. I guess that's fair. You know, it's hard. It's so it sucks because you want like I. I think the a lot of phenomena out there is quite fascinating, and I can see the mm-hmm. charm. But that's what I'm saying. It's like even when I say I can't get weird, it can get weird. See, it's like, uh it's so difficult now. I mean it always has mm-hmm. been, what am I saying? But yeah. Um I don't really know where I was going with that, but <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily I have a map to oh, get you to get us back. Perfect. Great. Um, get me back to the conversation. And
0: now now we're back in the lobby.
1: Oh, wow. Uh, that was the UCM. fast. Jeez.
0: You know, we're going to uh I I think uh I think I'm going to pick uh off to see the lizard as our as the album to put on for uh for our gift shop, nice. I, okay, I think I I, I want to start selling all of Jimmy Buffett's
1: CDs. Oh, uh, that would shop. be cool. He could be he could be the, the like a UCM exclusive artist. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think we could. Start yeah, we that. should, that we, should we should get him. Let's get yeah, let's get yeah. That our people on it. That'll be cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but yes, uh, we really appreciate you following us around the world. Yes, uh, these yes. Last couple of weeks, uh, m- maybe we should maybe we'll find some other things to stick with. Uh this uh wet hot summer yeah. that we've been
1: doing <laughs> a wet hot museum summer yeah i think wet, so wet hot
0: museum summer <laughs> yeah that's going be the yeah. branding wow no nowhere nowhere you'd rather be hot and wet <laughs> <than> in <laughs> a museum oh god
1: <laughs> oh jeez <laughs>
0: um but anyways uh now that we're wrapping up what have you got going on jojo
1: Well, I still have my artwork up at the uh, St. Kate's Art Hotel in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's my solo exhibition entitled uh, Femoral Existence When Light Takes Form. So if you're in that area, feel free to go check it out. There's also another upcoming exhibition I'm in in Milwaukee at Real Tinsel Gallery, and that's called Teleportal Presents Movement. So feel free to check that out as well. I have a video work in there I'm really excited about. And I also have music available on all streaming services, and that is entitled Biomes. It's an ambient album I've been working on. Finally got it published back in July. So, uh, yeah, if you need something to relax to, feel free to give it a listen. Um, Mm -hmm. At the moment, those are the biggest things that I got going on, just, you know, prepping some new works to be made and such. But, uh, yeah, how about you, Zan? What do you have going on?
0: Ah, You know, I patched the holes the, mm, that I had mm-hmm. torn in the crotch of some of my pants. That's cool. Um, All right. That's the, some of the projects I'm working on. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but, uh yeah, I don't have anything specific to announce right now. Just, you know, updating my website as I go. Lots of uh, art on there. Uh, I'm officially kind of back into making things. But, you know, nice. there's just there's going to be a delay in the time that it takes to make things and then doing them with the finished things.
1: I feel that. Uh,
0: So yeah, you can, you know, just follow me on social media and on my website. Uh, And if you uh, feel so inclined, uh, there's uh, quite a few pieces of work now uh, stocked in my online store uh, that you can check out. um, And uh, yeah, if you want to find us after hours, we are at Uncanny Museum on Twitter and at Uncanny County Museum on Instagram. Uh, If you would please leave us a rating and review on your uh, podcast player of choice, we would really, really appreciate it. Feel free to interact with us on social media, leave us suggestions, comments, corrections. We genuinely love uh, getting uh, additional information on topics we've covered. Oh, yes. If there's something, uh, you know, you'd like us to cover, we absolutely love uh, getting those things. And I'm not saying this as a threat, but we could end up talking about Jimmy Buffett. Uh, so if you don't want that to happen, right? you know. <laughs> yes, please send us you... other topics.
1: Although it yes. could be fun. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Say that less like a hostage Joe. Um,
1: <laughs> I always wanted to know about the cheeseburger <laughs> In paradise what does it really mean uh,
0: You know it's, it's, it's so many things
1: It's everything <laughs> it's, it's, If you
0: want to find me after hours I'm at Xanosaurus on Instagram
1: And I'm Josemino Art on Instagram
0: From the Uncanny County Museum
1: I've been Zan Peters And I've been Josemino Bye